The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into episode 69 of the Landscape Photography Show. And, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you may have grown accustomed to hearing guests come on and sharing their experiences in photography. But if you've also listened to the show for a long time, you also know that there are some weeks that I feel like it's very important to share a little dialogue message or maybe a monologue instead of a dialogue there. So what I wanted to do this week is kind of do that because I feel like we've really come to a point in photography, no matter what your goals are, whether you're doing it for a business, a side hustle, a hobby, or you're just getting started in landscape photography, we've reached a very unique point, I think, in our history as photographers. And I'm going to get into that in this episode and and it's all because of of what i've been observing in the pandemic and what i think photography is starting to lean to because of those shifts in how we see photography and how we see the activities surrounding photography because it's never been just about the photos And yeah, the photos are important. They're the most important part. If you have bad photos um, or if you don't like your photos, you're always trying to level those up. But it's always has something surrounding that on the outskirts of your photography that also mean a lot to to what we do in photography. And even if you're just a hobbyist or you're a beginner in photography, those outskirts are just your close friends and family who love your photos, who give you feedback, who give you positive encouragement. If you're doing it for a business, it's how you share and and export and post your photography and, and what words and content that you are associating that with. So we all have outskirts associated with our photography, but how has that changed during the pandemic? And how do we as photographers react to that and adapt to that? So that's really what I wanna get into in this episode. But first I wanted to look at like, what was this like in the past? And it it was really interesting. I I recently talked to William Neal in the podcast, and that episode will be coming out in a few weeks. So if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to do that so that you can hear William talk about his views on photography and and some thoughts on, on where photography is going and how it's changed throughout the years. But it really got me thinking to what photography was like in the past. And I got a very special taste of this when I started in photography. I started in film photography in high school. And in high school, you know, social media for me was just getting started. Facebook was in its infancy and none of the other ones were really around yet. So getting a look at at where that was starting and also dabbling in film photography, developing my own prints in a dark room with eight by 10, you know, sheets of photo paper and chemicals and doing it myself really gave me kind of 
a look at the past and the future and I was in this no man's land in between the two observing what was happening within those. So in the past, you know, you had film photography. Film photography not only is more of a slow process of photography versus the digital age that we're living in right now, but it's also a much more expensive kind of photography. And, and not expensive in terms of gear that you have to buy for it, but expenses in terms of opportunity cost, I think, of what happens if I take this photo? Well, it costs this much for this slide of film. Okay, so what happens if I do? Well, you know, again, it costs this much for this slide of film. What do I miss out on if I don't hit the shutter here? Am I missing out on this light or is the light going to get better? So I think there's a lot in terms of film photography that we need to start thinking about as digital photographers too. You know, it took up tons of time, time to get the prints, time to get those developed or get those back in the mail if you send them off to be developed by some lab or something like that. So it took time to process those images in the darkroom or in a lab and, and then prints, you know, you marketed yourself by the prints that you had. You had prints for sale, you had prints in a gallery, you had prints. That's all you had. You didn't have an Instagram feed to show people some of your best work. Your portfolio cost you money. Your portfolio cost you time. Your portfolio was you as a photographer and it was necessary, but it was much different than how we view it now with websites and social media. So I was looking at the past of photography and thinking about what that looked like and of course in my own life you know i tend to relate everything back to sports because i am a sports fanatic um, i'll keep the terms very simple here for those of you who are not sports fanatics the past view of photography was defense you were playing defense the entire time you're playing a waiting game. You're waiting and reacting to what was going to happen from other people. So if they liked your images, okay, what was the next step? Were they going to buy a print? Were you going to be in a gallery? Anything like that. If they didn't, how were you going to react to that and spend more money to buy more slides of film and get those processed? So it was all reactive. You were on defense, you were on your heels the entire time reacting to what the audience or the public was going to do. The pandemic has really shuffled things around for all of us as photographers, whether you are a professional photographer or you are a hobbyist or you are a side hustle photographer. In doing so, a lot of us are struggling, you know, financially on maybe not like losing a, a home or, you know, not being able to put food on the table. Not all of us are there. Some maybe, others no. But having this struggle of, of what are we going to do now, yes, it's frightening, but it's also an opportunity for us to pounce on what's changing. What have we seen change during the pandemic? 
what have we seen that we can now adapt to? Remember when the pandemic started and you would open Instagram and automatically you saw a bar at the top of your screen that was just tons of Instagram lives. People were on Instagram live non-stop at the start of the pandemic. And what I found interesting about that is over time, even though that was a popular thing to do, it began to diminish because people forgot about that opportunity as the public started to open up, especially in the United States. That's what I saw it start to do. Using features like that, I saw my Instagram you know, increase exponentially, but guilty as charged, I stopped doing live feeds as well because they take energy. Um, it's scary. You never know who's going to jump on. You never know what people are going to say live to you while your face is on screen and what you're reading about that. So I think all those react to what's going on and, and how you post to Instagram. Zoom presentations, you know, I've done more presentations for camera clubs during the pandemic than I have in my entire photographic career. Why is that? Because the past version of photo group presentation was solely in person. I can remember one weekend I drove from my home in Nashville to St. Louis, Missouri to present at a photo club and then the next day drove back over to East Tennessee to lead a workshop with one of my friends, Dusty Dodgers. And all of that driving and all of those expenses for hotels, for foods and all that, you don't have to worry about that anymore because of Zoom presentations. It doesn't cost any money. You make money most of the time by presenting to photo groups or you make money in terms of you know sales on, on workshops or sales on courses that you can do while you are presenting to them. You can you know gain followers to your email list while you're presenting to photo groups. So they have their benefits even if you don't get paid for the presentation. So that's obviously a huge benefit and I think a huge step forward in that realm of, of how you can make money as a landscape photographer or just get your name out if you're starting to. Zoom presentations and photo clubs are now hand in hand. It's a very easy transition and we can reach out to photo clubs on the other side of the country, on the other side of the world and present to them for free. It's an incredible way to get your name out there and to earn money as well. Uh, webinars. Webinars have done extremely well. A great way to build your email list. You can do these very easily on YouTube Live, Facebook Live. You can do these very easily with something like uh, StreamYard or another software that you can use for that. If you have another software and just want to do it with your email list, you can easily do that too partnering and collaborations with other photographers and working together on these things. You know, all of these activities have brought photographers together, I feel like, and allowed us to band together as a community. And I'm really happy for that as well. People are at home. 
if you think about what the market for photography is right now, people are at home. You start to look around the landscape of what businesses and corporations are doing, closing down some of their offices, closing down some of their locations uh, and satellite locations. You look at REI closing down their main hub of, of offices and telling everybody, okay, you can work at localized places, you can work at home, do whatever, just get the work done. So people are at home. Our audiences are now primarily at home currently, and the way I see it, and and when people start to go back to work, um, that will continue to shift that way, even if it is just a couple days throughout the week, your audience will be at home, and your audience will have more time to be attentive to what you have to produce as a photographer, whether that is your photos, whether that it is simply social media, whether that is a webinar, a live stream, anything like that. So the pandemic is drastically shifting how we as photographers should react to what's going on. And I think it's a drastic shift and, and just a year's time to it's incredible to think that the pandemic has lasted a, an entire year now i remember this time last year i was in kenya and and my wife and i were in the airport together literally laughing about the pandemic oh covid-19 will never reach the united states and we look like total idiots now because this we're a year in and and it's still going on I think given everything that's happened, and I don't want to make light of the pandemic and what's gone on and how it has affected people's lives financially, medically, uh, if you've lost anyone, I'm extremely sorry. I don't want to make light of anything that's happened like that, but I do want to point out what is currently shifting in the landscape for us, no pun intended. So right now, the the playing field for photographers is completely level. Right, right now is the best time in history to get serious about your photography, no matter what your goals are. And I want to say that again, because I truly, truly believe that right now, is the best time in history to get serious about your photography no matter what your goals are. So your goals could be a a full-time photographer. Your goals could be a hobbyist and starting to make money with it. Your goals could simply be, hey, I want to use my camera in manual mode instead of aperture priority all the time. The playing field now, because of the shift in what's happening due to the pandemic, has been totally leveled. Think about how you had to get your name out there as a photographer in the past. And I know people who have come on the podcast, you know, previously could attest to this who were photographers a while back. Take, you know, guys like Adam Gibbs, for example, who was a, um, a photographer who had his photos in like, I think it was gardening magazines or landscape magazines. um, And he was a publicized photographer doing that for, you know, that outsource of media. 
that's no longer there shifting over you know what do you do now so the playing field is leveled we don't have to rely on other outlets to get our photography out there it's up to us the friction in doing so is also gone so in the past you had to fight tooth and nail and climb this uphill battle to get your name or get your photos in front of somebody's face so then they could put you in a gallery or they could see your prints and say hey come out and lead a workshop with me or get your prints in front of their face and say hey you know i think you're a good photographer let me buy a few prints from you and who knows how much those costs or how much they cost to ship in the past I, I don't know, but that friction, that uphill climb is no longer there because you could go viral with a post with your one click away. You're one post away, you're one vlog away if you do YouTube, you're one tutorial away if you do YouTube, you're one blog post away, you're one photo group presentation away. If that is your goal, you can easily outwork other people and put in the time and effort of learning what's going on right now and how you can be offensive in your attack, not on your heels waiting for what's going on, playing defense like we did in the past, but going on offense instead and attacking and doing it at a higher level of other people and you can eliminate that friction and that uphill climb with one click of a button. And I want us all to understand the, the gravity of that and how incredible that is. And I don't want any of us to, to put down anyone who thinks that way. I think... The challenge, though, when you start thinking about going on the offensive and out-competing everybody, because that, I mean, we are competitive. We are in a competitive market. But the challenge is not being so competitive that you eliminate somebody else. So if you look on like a sports roster, let's take the NFL, for example, since as I'm recording this, the Super Bowl was yesterday. If you outwork somebody on a roster, it could cost them their job. You get that job, but they get demoted, often you know, released from the team. Who knows if they're going to have another opportunity with another NFL team or in the league again. The average league duration, the average career duration for an NFL player is three years. So that could really shift your perspective on what I'm talking about here. Photography, while it is a competitive market, and I don't want you to be misled about that, it absolutely is. It's very difficult with all the competition and saturation that's going on in photography, but it's not a zero-sum game like other competitive fields are. We have to also not only be competitive and work on our craft and get our word out there, but in the competitive nature, we have to adjust in how we react to competitiveness and realize that it is not a zero-sum game. Someone else can also win. 
the market is big enough that we can all succeed. We're just going to have to do it in our own ways. So I can cheer on some of my friends in photography, even if they take a workshop client from me, if they take, you know, a print sale from me, I can still work and get my work out in front of other people's faces and make that same sale up. So it's not a zero-sum game. The market's big enough for all of us to succeed, and, and we have to adopt the mindset in that, yeah, it's competitive, but also, you know, all a, a rising tide lifts all boats. One fly, we all fly. And I think that's really important to remember. I recently did a, a YouTube video about what the life of a landscape photographer is actually like. And you can go on YouTube and watch that. Um, has a lot of photographers that have been on this podcast. Adam Gibbs, Gavin Hardcastle, uh, Josh Cripps, Sarah Marino, Sean Bagshaw, uh, Alistair Ben. And we all talk about you know the challenges of landscape photography and also... Also, why we have to do it. Yeah, it's hard, but we have to do it. We love doing it. And and one quote in there, it was really interesting, and it was from Sarah Marino saying, you know, photography is often viewed as a zero-sum game. You get my workshop client, I lose. I get zero. The market is not like that. We have to cheer each other on in photography. We need more photographers who support other photographers. We need more photographers who are fans of other photographers. We need more photographers who realize that photography is not the zero-sum game. It's not a three-year career. It's not a I win, you lose your spot on the roster profession. It's a one-fly, we-all-fly profession. And the more we understand that and also understand the competitive nature, I feel like the more negativity in photography around the community reduces. And it must reduce. It must reduce because there is so much surrounding it. So reaction. I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I felt it was very important for all of us to know Competition there, one fly, we all fly. Got it? So we're going on the offensive now. It has to be, though, within your means to produce. If I look back over my career, and and I've had this mindset throughout my career of the playing field is level. When I started out with my first podcast, okay, no one knew... Me, I didn't know any other photographers. Honestly, I had no idea what I was doing in photography. But I used a podcast as a way to interview other photographers and make connections with them, get into their mindset, pick their brains about certain things, and build relationships with them. So I gave them a platform to speak, and in return... I was able to build relationships and photography that have lasted, not pilfering their business clients, not 
stealing what they were doing or not thanking them for coming on because I owe them my career, honestly, in photography of what I was doing and those that were willing to come on a new platform. Because when I started a podcast in photography way back when, uh, 2011 or 2012, I believe it was, I would get responses and emails saying, what is a podcast? It was incredible the lack of knowledge, but it was also incredible how level the playing field was and how I was able to recognize that. And I don't say it to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back. I say it to encourage those who now see this level playing field for what it is and you're already brainstorming the opportunities that come along with it. So within your means to produce content. You have to do it in a way that is diligent, the diligent prosper, okay? So if you're saying, I'm going to outwork everybody on YouTube, I'm gonna post a video day, and you know I'm gonna beat them with quantity over quality, you are probably going to burn out at some time. Not, maybe not specifically with the content that you're producing, but your enjoyment of it and your love of photography. Being diligent about it and spacing it out enough to saying, okay, I'm going to do one really high quality production every single week, and I'm going to do that diligently over a long period of time will help you and assist you in staying in love with photography and also producing quality content that you're proud of as well. The podcast is no different. I've made mistakes in all of this and it led me to taking six months off of, of photography because I couldn't bear to pick up the camera uh, again. And I'm glad that I finally did because I rediscovered this diligence of quality content and not quantity content. And I hope that makes sense to you. I think we also have to remember that mistakes no longer matter. They might matter to you and your mindset. They might matter in how you view yourself to the outside world. But the mistakes that you're making no longer matter. I talked about the podcast that I did. Um, let's also talk about YouTube videos that I've made in the past for photography tutorials. Let's also talk about courses that I've made for photography. Let's also talk about webinars that I've made for photography. I have completely made mistakes in all of those, stopped all of those, took time off, discovered what I did wrong in those, and then reevaluated and relaunched each one of those. So making mistakes isn't an end-all be-all you know, you'll thinking that you'll never produce X content again isn't a proper mindset to have about it. But having the proper mindset of, okay, I made a mistake. Why? What did I do wrong? What did people not connect with? And why is it not working? Now I can reevaluate and shift that into thinking, well, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to talk about this. 
And it could lead you down a road to something that you're a little bit more passionate about and something down the road that you connect with your audience a little bit more about. Let's look at my podcast, my previous podcast versus this one. The previous podcast was geared a lot more towards gear, composition, and it was less so towards the person making that connection with somebody else and making it very personal and relatable as this podcast is. So I looked at what I was doing wrong with the previous podcast, what I lost the passion for, what people already knew and twisted it and rethought it in a way to highlight the guests that come on the show, the guests that come on the podcast and highlight their journey and allow them more of an opportunity to connect with a new audience as to who they are as a photographer, as how they see photography, how they see the landscape and what led them to thinking that way. And it's open doors for change it's open doors for new relationships stronger relationships new friendships stronger friendships it's opened the door for a lot of the listeners to this podcast to be more comfortable talking about their mental health it's led people to post even if it is something as simple as posting something that you don't think are going to get a lot of attention on social media shifting that mindset making connections, receiving what your mind is telling you emotionally in the field to produce the photos that you want to produce. So it all comes into that. It all helps you produce your type of photography. I just posted something this morning that says, when you love your photos, you win. And I I really do believe that in that something happens when you make the shift from I wish my photo was blank to I love that my photos are blank. And that's a big mindset shift. It's a big mindset when I think with photography and what we're going through right now in the pandemic. So let's, let's be aggressive right now. Let's be aggressive with our photography and think about how we can make it ours personally to you, how you can make it yours, but doing so in a way that is offensive, aggressive, and encouraging to other photographers, and also having the mindset of relationship strength, friendship strength, and one fly we all fly. Let's get it, guys.